It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Phil Bliss, a business visionary, and welcome to Toronto's Podcast, part of the Canada's Podcast Network your source of the great insights from entrepreneurs across Canada. Today, we are with John Datseris, a great buddy of mine and an accomplished entrepreneur. John has worked in the digital world since 1998. His knowledge of technology and marketing helped companies better understand the digital space and how it is changing, how to leverage it, how to measure it, and how to integrate it into the business. John is an expert in digital and new media. He has successfully led digital transformation programs for traditional marketing and media companies and is known for designing business and marketing solutions that develop social and financial capital for enterprises. Six years ago, he co-founded Generator, which generates strategies and solutions for connect the connected consumer. John and his team work with clients, agencies, technology companies, and strategic service groups to build higher value marketing solutions. John, welcome. Uh, thank you, Phil. Tell us a little bit about how you became an entrepreneur and that journey to get to where you are now. Yeah, so I've asked myself the same question many times. Uh, how, how does one arrive to this place? Uh, for me, it was quite simple. Uh, I grew up in an entrepreneurial home. Uh, so I, it, it was, uh, I'm not going to say ingrained in me, but it's very familiar to me. But to leave that world that my father built, which was more of a, what you would call labor-intense industry, uh, I decided to get into the arts, to create space for myself. Uh, and through that experience, I kept returning back to the calling of controlling my own destiny. Uh, how do I apply what I love to do uh, to creating something of value for myself or others? And so actually, I teamed up with a, a very dear colleague of mine. Uh, from school. And we were both good at certain things. And what we realized is there's a need in the marketplace for creativity uh, and the ability to create value with creative. And that's where we started. We started as uh, what you could call uh, storytellers in the renaissance of the industry, of the internet, and introduced to uh, our community, uh, our culture, uh, and the industry at large. Uh, and then that allowed me to start to experiment. So started in short animation. Uh, then we started building interfaces as the internet boomed. Uh, and what we realized is we're very good at designing ideas and realizing them for clients. And so uh, I've always stayed on the same path in terms of what is the subplot, right? The under, underlying yeah. subplot of my career uh, as a business owner uh, and also what I found myself is at certain junctions of my career uh, that companies needed entrepreneurs inside. Uh, and so I've also had the privilege of working as an entrepreneur inside of a company, being an entrepreneur and helping them create new products, uh, new experiences, uh, adapting cultures. And so for me, it was pretty quick. I was born into an entrepreneurial household. I went off and I created space for myself. Uh, primarily through the arts, and I found myself right back into being an entrepreneur. So without getting too promotional, 
generator, you know, what's the 60 second elevator pitch uh, of, of generator? Yeah, so generator uh, is a business and marketing solutions company. We work with organizations that uh, either have a, a strong in- instinct of what they need to do to change their market, create a new market, or develop a product, help them see what they can't see, and also work with them to design a solution and a strategy to introduce that solution to the market. Uh, we've had the, the privilege of working with some wonderful uh, businesses and some neat categories, uh, such as music and entertainment with Universal. Uh, we work with publishers like Harlequin. Uh, we work with the automotive sectors, uh, uh, with associations, but also major dealers. Ultimately, a client comes to us and says, I need to change something. And we look at them, we say, okay, there are four doors you can walk through. You know, the first door is called process, right? It's about you want to optimize something. We're not for you. We can help you there by introducing it to somebody. The second door is really one of invention. You want to invent something. You want to improve something through invention. We may be able to help you there. We can talk. The third door is extension. You're doing really well, but you want to go bigger, right? How do I extend my market? We can help you there. It's really interesting. You're applying the steps of what I would say entrepreneurship into large organizations. Correct. Well, but the fourth door is the most impressive for us, which Mm. is the one called disruption. Most organizations are just too busy doing what they need to do. And so sometimes they want to really shake it up, but they don't want to, they don't want to put everything on the line, nor should they. So we come in and we listen and we help them define what is new here that we can do, giving your existing organization, uh, introduce a couple new ingredients and build something that is disruptive for the market, not for you, but for the market. That, so we help them walk down some of those doors. So you're a Toronto guy. Why would you recommend Toronto? I mean, you know, we're a national podcast with, we, with the regional flavors across the country. Why Toronto versus Calgary versus Montreal? You know, why Toronto? For us, we, we, we have the, uh, the honor of traveling with, with business across Canada and into the United States and abroad. Uh, the thing about Toronto that is so magnetic is not simply uh, the, the pool of talent that is here, because it is remarkable. We're very competitive internationally for talent. But it's also the acceptance of culture uh, and the permission it gives uh, anyone in the creative industry or uh, development industry, an opportunity to introduce and test in this particular market. The Greater Toronto Marketplace itself, you could argue, is a test bed for just about anything you want. There's enough market capacity uh, and uh, I would say transaction volume to, to launch a service or a product and test it thoroughly before you expand it regionally. Uh, so there's many advantages. For me personally, it gives me the balance, a very good balance and access uh, to a better uh, tranquil life that allows me to work hard, relatively uh, accessible to my office and colleagues and resources that we often need to tap into, but also advisors. There's so many talented leaders in Toronto and around Toronto that you can meet with ad hoc, one-to-one over a cup of coffee uh, on your way in. 
You know, I take. I think we might have done that a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I have I have an advisory meeting on the platform, right, waiting for my train. So Toronto, for for me particularly, uh, and for our business, is very attractive. This gives us the ability to do what we do. So, what makes you most excited at the moment in your business? What's particularly vital about your business at the moment? Well, you know, if you asked me this a year ago, it would have been different. But today, we've been able to accomplish what we set out to, to get to this point. It's rewarding to see that you can put some major goals in place that are very challenging. And some would say, uh, you know, would have hesitated to, to put into action. And through determination, persistence, clear leadership, uh, not myself alone, right? Uh, we have good people working with us and collaboration with the right partners, we've been able to accomplish our goals. So learning from where we've arrived, and this is our, we're in our sixth year, okay, for this company, and uh, understanding what we can learn from our arrival to this point, the magnitude of the programs that we're sitting inside of, uh, and where they can take us, is the most exciting thing. We are at a point of you know, as any, everyone does and as we, we, we suggest everyone should do in business, uh, challenging, right? You get to the biannual meeting and you want to challenge what have you accomplished and how do you do better. That's mm-hmm. the most exciting moment today. And we're, we're looking to onboard another big program. So that's exciting too. But if I was to look at the business itself, as an entrepreneur, you know, there's nothing more stimulating than actually hitting a target and saying to yourself, how did I get here? What have I learned? How do I do better? And looking over your shoulder and saying, I didn't lose anybody. <laughs> you know, they actually wanted to stay, which is... So how do you balance, you know, that kind of entrepreneur insanity that we have with home life? You know, the kids, the wife, you know, you've got a great family. How, how do you kind of balance that? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know that I have the secret for it, but... What I've done, especially in the last, I'd say, 18 months, has thrown myself into something that is all-encompassing with the family. So we picked, uh, you know, my children have a passion. Uh, we throw ourselves in the passion with the children. It's, it's hard to turn off the screens. It really is. You must make time for the family because only then do you remind yourself what you do matters, you know, because we're ultimately doing this for ourselves and our family. Uh, so for, for me, I've been able to throw myself into their passion and participate with them. We also use the best that the internet has to offer. So web conferencing, you know, out of a five-day work week, if we can save one day a week and work out of the home, saves us commute time. Uh, we're still accessible. Mm-hmm. So very flexible. Yeah. And we afford ourselves that privilege. We also educate our clients when the phones go off. So right. that it's not a, a startling you know, to them that they can't reach us within 10 minutes. So everyone's educated and that's a hard place to get. It's not always effective for all clients, but that's, those are some of the measures we've taken. On your way, on your journey, if you like, you know, we, we meet challenges. What would you say that obviously lots of challenges, but what's one of the, what's the biggest challenge you've faced to date? That's a great question. So, a very dear colleague of mine uh, advised me long ago. Uh, I had an emotional day uh, at a company that I was an entrepreneur for. Yeah. And, and he pulled me aside and into his office. I was his neighboring office. And he said, I want to 
inform you of something and how I see the world. He said uh, that there are two types of egos. There are egos that are destructive and there are egos that are productive. And so you can be, you could have an ego and be passionate, but you got to ask yourself in the moment where you are, your temper is, is above the meter when you're red line, how do you catch yourself and pull yourself out? Right. And get back to being a productive ego where people embrace you. And so what I find as a, you know, a life lesson, really, it goes beyond business, but businesses attract leaders that support self, personal development, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, uh, managing my ego is critical. And we all practice leave the ego at the door, what have you. But there are these moments where the emotion hits the ceiling, right? And you have to say to yourself, how do I keep that in check? Because ultimately, we're here to solve problems and to be inventive, and to be curious. And so if we can focus and channel all of our energy into that, you know, and that's the governor for temper, right? Put it in the right place. Absolutely. That, that, that's good, because one of my other things, you kind of answered them both in, you know, was what's the best piece of advice you've ever received, and you just answered both of those, so that's good. So we're going to do some quick answers, some rapid-fire things, which sure. I think can be fun. If you weren't doing what you do for work now, what would you be doing instead? Very good question, Phil. You know what? I'd probably be doing something more uh, mechanical, like running a motorcycle shop. (laughs) I would channel myself into, uh, no, to be serious, I'd probably go into more philanthropy, uh, applying what do I do uh, well, what I believe I do well. I'd say, how do I give back in a new way? I I could see John doing that well. Yeah, and so... What I've learned is through business, we all have exposure and access to helping others, uh, communities or helping organizations and volunteering corporately, if you will. That is so rewarding. So if, if I didn't have to worry about, if, if my business could be one of uh, philanthropic value, uh, I would do that, right? Mm-hmm. So perhaps when my children get to their next stage in life, I could apply, you know, get less and apply more into things that I know will create something for them, right? Beyond simply currency. What book are you currently reading or listening to? Are there there any, not not a library, are there any couple of books that you would recommend people go read? So I I love biographies. Uh, I I just adore biographies. I I love learning from people. So my current book I'm reading is from Bill Campbell, uh, Trillion Dollar Coach, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's fascinating is it's not just him in the book. He talks about, uh, you know, uh, the people that he's mentored. So I look at him as a mentor of mentors. So what can you learn from someone who really was a coach in real life and mm-hmm. found himself in, in a major transformation of industry mm-hmm. uh, on a global level? And how did his personal lifeline uh, complement his professional lifeline and what did people take from him in terms of take away with them from him? And how did they become greater than him? Uh, you know, that's uh, the most appealing thing to me in doing what we do is the people you meet, you know, and the people that you employ and the people you support and platform. And so uh, that's the book I'm reading right now. I'm nearing its end. So I don't know how it ends. I just started it about a week ago. So, but that's the one that I would say, if you don't have it, get it. Get it's it. 
fascinating read for, from a leadership pr- perspective, but also from a management perspective. It really helps you learn from his life lessons. If you had to say, you have one word only to describe yourself, who is John Datsiris? Or what is John Datsiris? I'm going to say compassionate. That, that, that's good, John. I, yeah. I, I'm knowing it. There are more traits in there, but I would say uh, when you look at a, a concept, you must mirror yourself to the idea that you're selling and ask yourself, is it going to create value? If you're looking at uh, bringing someone onto a team, I believe we must always understand the individual first and, and can we benefit them, but can they also benefit us? So this idea of compassion to me is very powerful. So I, I hope that's how people see me, but tenacious is there too, but compassion probably prompts that. Anything keeping you up at night? Things that I don't control, but I can influence, such as our environment. When it comes to business, same pressures of, as any uh, entrepreneur, uh, ensuring that my stakeholders are happy, uh, ensuring that my home is happy, and always looking for the next major swing. You know, to ensure that it's, it's not simply, because we always have to do business of necessity, right? That we feel good about doing. But then what is the next major assignment that is going to identify, you know, the company for growth? It's going to identify it to the market. It's going to create that magnetic factor. So that keeps me up at night always. We all have routines. And I think it's really interesting from on the entrepreneurial side to kind of get a glimpse of people's routines, you know, say there are three things that have to happen in your morning or evening routine. What what would those three things be? I fundamentally believe that uh, one needs to start the morning on an up note and end the day on an up note. In the morning, uh, of course, everyone has caffeine, but I need to always, uh, I, I form a picture in my mind of how I want the day to be. And I assign myself a role in that picture, okay? So I don't do it as a task list, but I visualize what is my morning gonna be, right? What is my day gonna be? The attitude I need to walk into, the impression I wanna make, the feeling I wanna have for me. And so I try to bring that into the room. I would say uh, I try to get all of my communications out of the way. I think we have this in common, Phil as early as possible. So I can clear time to be available and accessible for the things that matter most, which is attention to the business, attention to our partners and our work, uh, our team, uh, and uh, to our clients problem solving. So picture my morning, get my task list out of the way as fast as possible. Throughout the day, be highly responsive. And that's critical uh, so that people know you're paying attention. And then of course, as my day winds down, we all do a review of that. I hit all my check marks. I also want to end on a positive note. Uh, and so, so when, you, when you actually close the business day down, you go home. To me, the business day does not end until my head hits the pillow, right? I'll put the kids to bed. I'll, I'll create that cavity time for my family. It ends then? You mean to say you don't? No, no, it doesn't. It keeps going. <laughs> my current life, my physical life, right? So, so what I do is, you know, the kids go to bed and then all of a sudden, you know, you even though you're not supposed to, you kind of check your phone, you respond to a couple notes. I want to ensure that the day ends where I can sleep that night to the best of my ability. So that's how I do it. Okay. So you, I don't know whether you've heard the tropical island question. 
we drop you off at a lovely, very small, very beautiful tropical island. Uh, there's no technology there. You can use a phone booth. There's a phone booth on the island uh, uh, to call the boat and we'll come and pick you up. How long would you last before making the call? And what would you do? Well, being a curious mind, I would probably map the island. First thing I would do is survey the full island. I would build myself a shelter. I would find out to, for, fortunately, I love seafood. So I would, uh, I would, I would look for food. But uh, I guess I would last as long as my uh, curiosity is full. You know, I like people. So I might pick up the phone sooner than later. But once yeah. I've surveyed the island, built a minimalist shelter, fed myself, the minute I get bored on that island, I would probably pick up the phone. I could see myself lasting realistically probably two weeks by myself. Given a different scenario, if the scenario was there was only that island, well, I would last as long as I can. So, you know, we've been sort of giving you reasonable stimulation. Have I missed anything out? Is there something you'd like to add before we kind of call it a day? The only thing is that I think it's worth noting uh, from my experience, as long as you're having fun and you're being good to people and uh, you're rewarding yourself along the way because you cannot forget yourself. Business is simple. You know, you have to listen to the market. If the market doesn't want what you got, you have to say, what can I create for the market? As an entrepreneur, call it slash manager, I do believe it is our, our obligation and responsibility to invest in others. And it's not always money, right? It's passion and uh, it's helped them to get forward. And just remember that every impression we make, uh, whether it's in a boardroom or, or whether it's in a team meeting, defines the company and the culture of the company. Cool. So um, how can... Anyone that's listening, get a hold of you. If, they, if you spark something off, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, they can go to our website and, and uh, hit the uh, contact us, or they could just send me an email. I'll respond to any questions. Okay. Don't necessarily need people to feel they need to reach out for business, but uh, if they want to, just ask me a question. more than happy to respond. I'm very chatty. Hey, John, thanks for coming on to the show. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time today to listen to Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters or write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at canadaspodcast.com, where you can listen, discover, and engage. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'll see you next time.